Welcome everyone to Becker's Health IT and Revenue Cycle Management Virtual Forum. My name is Morgan Hafner. I'm an editor with Becker's Hospital Review and will be your moderator for today's discussion on mission-driven IT and RCM, how to keep remote teams engaged and thriving. During our conversation today, we'll talk about current strategies for remote work versus in-person work, how to keep remote teams connected to strategy and mission, and how the leaders with us today intend to improve their teams this year. With us today are Sarah Lucas, who is Enterprise Revenue Cycle and Associate Vice President for Medical Affairs at UW Medicine in Seattle, and also Jeff Brown, the CIO of Piedmont Healthcare in Atlanta. Thank you both so much for being here today. Before we dive into our questions, I'd like to give you each about 30 seconds to talk about yourselves and the organizations you're representing. So Jeff, let's start with you. Uh, sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Jeff Brown. I'm the Chief Information Officer here at Piedmont Healthcare in Atlanta, Georgia. We are 11 hospital system representing the largest uh, health system in the state of Georgia. We also have 2,600 uh, physician clinic members and are clearly uh, in a growth mode and have been over the last several years. In fact, we've doubled in size over the last six years and, and that, that mode of operation is continuing. So we're a growing organization. Prior to that, I spent 10 years up in the Northern Virginia market with a healthcare system called uh, Anova Health System. And I was there uh, as the VP and then senior VP of, of C and, and CIO there in that organization. Great, thanks so much. And Sarah? Hi, thank you. So glad to be here today. Um, my name is Sarah Lucas. I am with University of Washington. Our health system is UW Medicine. We are a three hospital system that is comprised of an academic medical center, a level one trauma center and a community hospital. So very different um, areas of practice. We have approximately 2,400 providers, so a little bit behind Piedmont. And I have been in this role for about five years. Prior to that, I was with Cedar sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles working in IT services. So the crossover to Revenue Cycle has really gone hand in hand with that technology experience and been a really great benefit um, as we've worked through this process with COVID. Absolutely. So let's um, set the stage today by kind of talking about your current strategy for remote versus in-person work and how you think that'll evolve over the next year. Um, so Jeff, I'll ask you first, how many employees are in your office right now versus at home? Okay, well, we currently have about 500 FTEs in, in the IT group under my organization. And I would say on any given day now, we reduce that down to 30 or 40 people on any given day. Uh, we are in the process now of space planning and I think that even after things relax a little bit, uh, we believe that 80 to 90% of those, that group will always be remote. And there may be days of the, of the month or of the quarter where we may have some in-person events when it's safe to do more of that, where we may have a, a larger conversion of staff. But generally speaking, uh, I would say 90% of the time uh, it will be, uh, we, we, we will give back 90% of the space that we were previously occupying and we feel very comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Sarah, is that what it looks like at UW as well? 
For our, for our IT teams, yes. Revenue cycle is a bit different in that we have some teams in the clinical areas like our ED registration team or our hospital admitting team. So they have to remain on site and we have to put a lot of precautions in place. We also have teams that need to be on site occasionally. So a lot of our financial counselors can work remotely when they have all the documentation, but they do have to come in and meet with patients. Then we have a few teams that have to be on time sorry, that have to be on site full time, like our scanning team, because they're dealing with paper or our records management team, because they're pulling boxes of records. Beyond that, everyone is at home. Um, we have about 725 FTEs within a cross revenue cycle. I would say we have about 150, including those ED reg and hospital ops teams that are working on site. The rest are working remotely. I would say that in the coming year, we intend to keep everyone that's currently working from home full time in that position. We're working with our IT partners to redesign what a virtual desktop infrastructure will look like that will support our teams having a consistent experience so that we can continue to monitor their progress and ensure that people have the tools they need to do their job. But I don't see us bringing very many people back. Probably our senior leadership team will need to come back for those in-person meetings, but everybody below that um, should be able to stay at home on a permanent basis with maybe some drop-in meeting spaces when face-to-face -face meetings are required. Yeah, both of you brought up some interesting tactics to keep employees engaged, right? Jack, you're talking about maybe thinking about a day a month or a day every so often of bringing people back in. And Sarah, you're talking about that virtual desktop to create consistency across that workflow. So I wanna dive into that a little bit more because I think that's the biggest question going forward is how do we keep teams focused and engaged while 80 to 90% of them are in despair places? So Jeff, could you talk to that a little bit? Oh, sure. I, I think it's very important to put that structure in place, to be honest with you. I think that uh, if you don't do that, it, you really should have some rhythm that you define, that you develop where people know that they are going to be, have the communication that they need. You also need to have that rhythm in place so that you can stay focused on whatever your in-person process was, a huddle, whatever those things were. You, wanted, you need to make sure that you replicate that when you move outside of that bubble. So I think if we can bring the same type of rhythm around communication, around review, uh, quality control processes, around outcomes, and as well as town hall meetings and the variety of things that you step up so that people feel informed, they know what to do, they're educated around expectation. There's a review process or quality control process around the work that they do. Uh, it is very, very um, empowering for the employees that I'm seeing. And in fact, many of them uh, actually are much more productive. And uh, from my perspective, it's actually been an extra, you know, we, we're measuring that. Actually, we're in the process of measuring that so that we can define it and publish uh, what that percentage of productivity increase is. So we're in the process of validating that. But right now, all of our informal validation show we're getting a greater number of claims processed, a greater number of, of uh, folks in the system doing work. Our metrics around some of our service delivery uh, viewpoints uh, from an IT perspective are higher. 
and uh, the, the only area that's soft for me is in the go live arena where you actually implement a new system and how are you going to manage the variation needed to have on-site presence with the various operational units and we start we're working through defining that a little bit more specifically yeah absolutely that's such a fantastic observation about the go live you know how how does that look like in a team that is spread out and not all in the same area um Sarah, do you have any thoughts on there? So I was shaking your head about, um, you know, that productivity piece that Jeff was talking about. Are you seeing increased productivity as well? And, you know, if you have any insight about the go live and how to approach that, I would love to hear it. Certainly, we are actually in the middle of a go live. Um, it was supposed to occur in October when COVID hit, that got delayed. And when COVID ramped up, it got delayed again. So we will be going live in at the end of March and like Jeff said we are working through that strategy right now of how to centralize a team that is actually in disparate places who can be in a virtual command center how we're going to support our um, super users in their work um, and a lot of them will actually be virtual as well so uh, I feel that pain but also that excitement of trying to figure out a new paradigm for these uh, things that used to be in person and now need to happen remotely. It it has been actually quite fun trying to solve some of these puzzles. And a lot of people have stepped up with creative ideas, which has also been helpful. When you talk about engagement, I think talking to the teams about the problems that are popping up and letting them have visibility in what, um, what the challenges are that we're facing has been a really good way to keep people involved because they have ideas and the more that they feel like they can contribute to what's happening, the less out of control they feel. We also have noticed that communication has to be ramped up um, significantly. So whereas we used to post you know, a monthly newsletter, we'd send out emails occasionally. At this point, we have emails coming out from senior leadership every three to four days. We have weekly town hall meetings for the entire organization. We have daily huddles in the morning and we try to cascade all of that information down to our staff. And we find that the more they know, the less we're dealing with that anxiety. I think one of the biggest shifts I've noticed is that working with a team that's completely at home requires our leaders to be much more sensitive to that mental health component of workers. So we can keep them focused through productivity standards, quality standards, um, weekly huddles, training sessions, et cetera, because we know what's going on. But we've also had to change some of the expectations. So everyone is expected to be on Teams all day long while they're working. All of our meetings are held on Zoom and everybody that has a camera is expected to use it. We expect that every staff is gonna hear from one of their leaders personally at least once a day, whether that's a lead, a supervisor, or a manager. So we're trying to hit it at multiple levels. And then we're also talking about what does engagement look like? Because we're finding that our teams feel very isolated. Some people live alone. Other people are dealing with small children all day and they miss that adult conversation. So we have had to come up with a lot of ideas for how to keep staff engaged in the team that they're a part of. IT has a lot of professional workers who have degrees in the functions that they do and are very specialized. Whereas in revenue cycle, a lot of our staff do fairly repetitive work on an hourly basis. And it's very easy for them to not stay engaged with what they're doing if they don't understand how it connects to the mission. 
But now that they're at home alone, it becomes even easier for them to disengage because they get distracted by things that are behind them, like the dog barking or their kids screaming. So really finding ways to build that team camaraderie has been critical. We have one group that leaves a Zoom line open from 9.30 in the morning to 3.30 in the afternoon so that people can take their breaks and lunch together. Just go hop on the open Zoom line and you can still talk to your colleagues. We've uh, spent a lot of time looking at how to start meetings with fun icebreakers or do activities. Our teams are really missing their potlucks. I don't know if IT does as many potlucks as Revenue Cycle, but it's a national pastime for Revenue Cycle, and that's gone. So we've had to come up with other ways to keep the team feeling connected. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure, Jeff, you've had to do the same thing as well. And when I hit on something that Sarah said, you know, when it comes to those repeated tasks uh, on the Revenue Cycle doing over and over again, how to connect that to the mission. I think that was such a great point. Jeff, how do you keep your IT teams um, connected to the mission of Piedmont and also connected to one another? You know, in fact, I have a, a meeting tomorrow. And, and really, it, it, I really do it in two phases. One, there's always the opportunity when you have uh, new additions to your team, you know, team wow. my size, there are always new people coming in. I like to always start out by socializing something at the beginning of, of, of some of these sessions where we introduce a new a teammate and, you know, and uh, or a manager or no matter what the role is and, get, and I ask them two or three questions uh, and I surprise them because they don't know it. But tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, as one, get, uh, what, what, what would you say your greatest strength is and then how are you going to move us to help us move to the next level from good to great, from great to best in class. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and, and that gives some insight to the incoming people, but with the virtual work now, uh, it, you know, even socializing new people so they get to be known by the others on the teams and, and those type of things. So we're doing that from the very beginning in all meetings. I like to try to figure out a way to have some social uh, contact uh, conversation that sort of gets people to, to grow and team up together a little bit more effectively. Secondly, there are always updates that are tied to the mission at hand. Typically, we, we have a success story. If there's something that we've done or some team member has done or been a part of where there was something positive that came in from an outside source, our customers, or from uh, something from the community, uh, a good deed, whatever it was, I like to introduce those things so it starts to build that up. And then lastly, there are always things that even, even when you've got challenging news you want to deliver, there are always things that you really should go in and reinforce that are going well. Uh, however, then shift to those things that we need to focus on to try to uh, improve on. And, uh, and, 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 and then come back and make sure we're taking metrics in that arena so that in the next meeting, we can talk about progress or lack thereof, but to start to connect the dots. And uh, with every meeting I start out, there's no such thing as an IT plan. We're part of the Piedmont strategic, strategic plan. So everything that we do and accomplish, I like to put it in a format that sort of aligns with each of our guiding uh, principles and strategies for the year and uh, let people see how their direct work ties into some ultimate outcomes. It seems to be working. Uh, the, the last thing I would just sort of say, and then we'll turn it over to Sarah, would be 
that one of the things I found people are so excited to have is this opportunity. And they're mm -hmm. also seeing the value of being able to have more flexibility in their life. So again, as much as we can ensure that they don't get lost in this world uh, of a remote worker and, and, and not have a connection, my goal is to really make sure we take care of that connection. And then with the specialty areas in all of our groups, we'll measure those and break that down into lower levels of uh, a reporting and follow-up. But, uh, but that's how I do it. And uh, so far, it's been received well. And I would just say on, on the user side of it as well, most of the hospitals, at least in our system, don't really want a whole lot of people coming in and out of there. In fact, we have patients that can't bring family members in at mm -hmm. times based on the status of the, of the, of the COVID-19 impact in, in the organization. So again, they're very cooperative and they're, you know, our, our, our customers are working very well with us to, to make sure that we have a, a method forward that works for them in their particular places and us. So it's really been a, a collaborative uh, relationship in this process. And quite frankly, it's been better than I might've expected had we made it a table exercise before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I would agree. I think our partnerships with the clinical teams have increased tenfold. We are in meetings with them every day talking about how we're gonna open up mass clinics. Uh, we had to roll out e-check-in during this so that our patients weren't having as much contact. We had to um, implement these remote systems. So, and then we've had to support all of the changes in billing. So we're on the, the phone with our clinical partners more now than we have ever been. And that collaboration has been critical. I think it has done a lot for our leaders to really be connected to the mission. Our staff, however, aren't hearing those same conversations. And so for them, we have really four avenues that we work with them to stay engaged with the mission. Obviously, the organizational emails have been more frequent and very direct about what's going on across the organization, how COVID is impacting us, how what we're doing is helping the community. And as UW Medicine, we are one of the biggest health systems in our area. So we have our physicians on television quite a bit, whether it's a main network or local news or being interviewed by a newspaper because we've been working directly with the CDC and being one of the first areas to help diagnose a big outbreak of COVID. And we had to set a lot of the standards for how other communities were going to engage. So there's been a lot of visibility in the community um, and has really helped our team connect to that. Additionally, I send emails out probably once or twice a month. And I have found that now more than ever, it's important to be vulnerable and personal and let them know how this is impacting me so that they know somebody else is experiencing it the same way. And historically, I probably wouldn't have shared anything about my personal life in a, an email like that, but now it's helpful for them to hear how this impacts me, how this is impacting my family, or how this is impacting the families of their, their peers, and talk about how what we do at UW Medicine is directly addressing those things. We also have all hands meetings and we talk in those for about an hour regarding how we're performing. But at that time we tie what every single group does to the patient and we talk about that direct impact on the patient. And then we also have monthly newsletters. And in those newsletters, we put patient stories in those newsletters and talk about the fact that we're not working accounts. 
we're working for people. And that really seems to do a lot to help people stay connected to the fact that they could be their grandma's account that they're working on or their moms or their sisters and, and try to think of each person as a member of your family and how would you do your work if you knew that person. And I think that has really sunk in for people, especially now that everybody's much more aware of the impact this is having not only on them, but on their community. Yeah, Jeff and Zara, those are excellent examples about how you both are connecting what you're doing day in and day out and what your teams are doing to the mission of your organizations. I want to switch gears and talk about, you both brought it up a couple times, but this idea of measuring progress of remote teams. I know, Jeff, you are saying more claims are being processed. And um, you know, Sarah, you also have talked about in-hand meetings going over you know, what results look like. And so how, how are you measuring progress? I think um, I would like to hear some insight on that. Um, Sarah, we'll start with you. Okay. Well, I was sharing with Jeff earlier that fortunately we have metrics in place and have for a while. So virtually every team has productivity standards and quality standards according to the work that they do. And we've been monitoring those for a long time. We have key performance indicators. And what we find is those don't change going home. Where I saw struggle in the community was when those reports weren't fully in place because people were used to being able to walk the floor to see how work was getting done. And you lose that visibility. So you have to be familiar with your reports. We can see when staff are offline, when they're not working accounts, how many accounts they're working per hour, we can see all of that. And if a blip comes up, we can have a conversation with them within a week. And that has been really critical. So we share that with our staff every single week. They know what their productivity was. When they have quality audits, they get that feedback right away. Uh, we talk about team goals. So every team knows what their targets are, whether that's an AR target or um, an amount of work in progress that needs to be taken care of so that they're below a certain threshold, AR days, but everybody on the team knows what their goal is. And we talk about that every single week, if not every day on how we're gonna meet that. So Absolutely. I would say that the metrics themselves, how we measure progress has not changed. It's just that it's remote now. Mm. Do you feel the need to communicate them more frequently because of the remote status? We do. In an in-person environment, you can have bulletin boards where you can put up all of your metrics and people can see how they're doing on a weekly, monthly basis. That goes away in a virtual environment. So it becomes a matter of pushing that information out, pushing that information out, or making sure that you're talking about it in meetings that you didn't normally have to cover before. So it, it just changes how you get it out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Jeff, what about um, what about at Piedmont? Are you seeing similar things? Very similar. I agree, I agree the metrics didn't change, but in our particular case, um, we, we have a, 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 a something we call an intranet. We call it the village, and that's where we post, uh -huh. and we keep all of our uh, our metrics online for anybody to look at, even, even, even non-IT uh, leadership. It's on the village, and you can look under IT and see how we're performing. And even service response levels, uh -huh. uh, good or bad, from people like Sarah, right? Uh -huh. uh, how we're doing and responding to their needs. But that being said, when the pandemic hit, 
we did not have all of the same, every, every user that when we sent out a couple of thousand people, right? And uh, not everyone in their, in their home environment had the necessarily technology uh, framework, nor, nor was their internet uh, service capability up to the level that they were used to working with in the uh, facilities that we provide that they worked in. So one of the things that we, when I talk about it, the metrics didn't change around how we, how we, how we rate and reward people, uh, but it did uh, have a little bit more of a drastic impact when you went to all the environments and you wanted an aggregate uh, to look at overall productivity. So one of the things that we did was we had to uh, rapidly come up with a model and we, I just, for the sake of this meeting, I won't describe it, but it was a, a, a Piedmont provided device that, that covered all of their uh, uh, internet protocol uh, workflow, whether that was voice, whether it was tied to some of their pre-scaling uh, uh, systems, et cetera, et cetera. And we needed to integrate more of that into a workflow that allowed them to do all of their work within one sort of stream of activity, uh, making it easy for them to navigate, make it easy for people to troubleshoot if something were to happen. Uh, we could also go out and measure uh, information out in the world they, they live in and see if their internet speeds were appropriate and if they had the minimum number of, of, uh, of, uh, of, of technical uh, proficiency that we needed around the equipment they had and those type of things. And what I, would, what I would say happened was we discovered a whole variation of, uh -huh. of changes. So once we actually started looking at that, we were able to actually begin to improve their experience at home with what was you know, comparable to what it was at work. And then if they had issues, we could get them through those issues much quicker than we could with this disparate environment at, the, at home. So we were improved to go and provide every employee that is a Piedmont uh, employee that was designated as a remote worker. We're gonna give them a package and, uh, and we've ramped that up now. And, I, and that work is continuing before our, in, in this case, revenue cycle teams, uh, they were prioritized and so they're, they're already done and uh, they're, they're off and, and uh, running, but we still have other corporate groups that we're we're providing that same uh, technology. Our URT utilization review teams, our coders, they were already remote. They were already outfitted with a, a package that worked uh, very well seamlessly and we had the ability to push. One thing I'll mention too is the other thing that was a big concern uh, and, and, and nobody thinks about it, but your security people. is really this whole <laughs> area of security and making sure that you can uh, continue to manage the assets of Piedmont in an effective way and protect them against uh, uh, people out there that want to, you know, uh, harm, cause harm and get access inappropriately to information they shouldn't have access to. And so that was another part of it. Now that doesn't deal with the, the remote worker in, environment and, and all of the things that Sarah might care about around their ability to, to service the patients and their families and their partners. But uh, that was an element that we felt like was a concern as more people had to be pushed into this environment. So we were really behind the scene trying to address some dynamics in that world too. And uh, so that's been the work. And uh, the good news is, you know, surprisingly, uh, you know, it's been accepted as a, as a path to the future. 
And uh, we don't expect to see anything but more and more vendors and other service providers providing tools that will help us uh, embrace the direction. Mm -hmm. And that CIO perspective is an important one too that is sometimes overlooked when you're thinking about technologies that your teams need. Um, are they safe? Are they secure? Is patient information secure? So appreciate that perspective, Jeff. Um, before we wrap up today, I just want to ask you both each final um, a final question about sort of how you intend to improve your teams this year. What are some of the goals that you are putting in place? And, you know, um, and any final takeaways that you'd like to share with the audience today? And I'll let Sarah go first on that one. I would say one of the big things we have learned over the last month is that supporting people in a remote infrastructure is a different tool set than supporting them in person. And unfortunately, we don't have the supply chain that Jeff seems to have because we have really struggled to get machines in in a timely manner because so many areas of the world that create these machines have been impacted by COVID as well. So our goal this year is to ensure that every one of our at-home revenue cycle teams have a packet like what Jeff is talking about that sets them up to do the work remotely. I also believe that we will keep those people at home. We have identified that while you do lose some of that in-person camaraderie, you gain a lot and staff get back hours in their day um, from not having to commute, not having to be on the bus. And it really is a satisfier. And now that we know that productivity and quality can be managed remotely and managed well, there really is no reason not to move forward with allowing people to work from home as the standard and being on site becomes the exception. And Jeff, any final thoughts from you? Well, two things. I think one clearly will be around strengthening collaboration tools. You know, you could go to the cooler, you could go to somebody's desk. I could pull three people in and say, this is happening. How do I do X, Y, Z when people were in person? And so you've got to continue to create an environment where that collaboration can happen, you know, in this virtual setting that we're all working in. So there are tools that allow that. I won't call out vendor tools, but I would say there are collaboration tools. So everybody is happy now, I think, overall with you know, the fact that we've done it. We were forced to do it, but we, we've done it. And, and largely, the services are there. But as you become more proficient, you want to make sure that those encounters can be involved with uh, very professional touch scenarios associated with them, much rapid response. If there's something that needs to be com communicated and conveyed, that all of the right targeted people can get that information in a snap of a finger. Uh, if Sarah made a decision as a management uh, leader that this needed to happen today at 12, you know, that message can get to all of her folks right away and they can have some instruction sets and, and automate that process. So there are things like that. So that's, that's one track. The other track is really around how do we uh, go forward with this idea that remote worker is going to be the future of uh, how we interact. And so what are some of those ground rules on having professional experience? So we need to become more professional in our expectations of someone from the public uh, reaching into our organization. And how do we make sure that training happens so that, you know, you're gonna occasionally hear, we all have heard it because we've all been forced into this virtual world, but is it a good expectation that 
when I call in to get service, I hear a ball, a, a dog barking. Or is the expectation such right now it's acceptable? It, babies crying in the background, not not trying to uh, 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 despair at any situation. That was the real world. We're happy and everybody's living with it. But at some point, that brand kind of conversation and it, some decisions need to be made around what are the some of the guidelines of best practice that we want to have when people come into our organization or have touch points in our organization. And, and everybody's sort of okay with it being where it is now, but I believe that the expectation will, will go up. And so making sure that we can accommodate whatever the leaders like Sarah determine are the right things, ways to uh, uh, help that process become more mature uh, and, uh, and, and an opportunity to work to uh, in, improve the interactions with the customers, uh, patients, <laughs> and families, or uh, partners in a professional way uh, beyond, uh, beyond where we are now. And one example of that, people use background screens now and they can, they can present and, uh, you know, you won't necessarily see uh, somebody walking up you know, with some, uh, right. some something unintended. So, um, you know, that's the next realm of things, but nobody cares about that. It's been a survival mode. People mm -hmm. have been happy to be able to continue to have continuity. It's been a really a great fairy tale story. And this, it would have taken years for the senior executives in this country to appreciate the value of the remote work opportunity. Mm -hmm. I would tell you, it wouldn't have been, it certainly wouldn't have been 90% of my staff <laughs> here getting approval to do that, okay. right? Absolutely. So again, uh, we were always doing some amount of remote worker and I had two days a week where anybody on my staff that were eligible could work two two or three days from home every week, mm -hmm. but uh, nothing to this, to the of the magnitude of this. So it has I, changed. I, but those are the two sort Absolutely. of level areas that I see we'll be focusing on. Absolutely. Well, Sarah and Jeff, I just want to thank you so much for joining us today for Becker's Health IT and Revenue Cycle Management Virtual Forum. I also want to thank our audience for joining us today. Um, Becker's has a lot of great virtual events on the docket, so keep watch for future opportunities. And please do enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you.